What if you're applying for forbearance? What does that mean about your ability to buy another home sometime soon? What does it mean? What's happening in the Atlanta real estate market over the last couple of weeks? And should I do a walkthrough prior to closing? It is a consistent question we have on Your Move Atlanta. We're going to give you the five-point walkthrough instructions that we believe everybody needs to follow. Welcome to Your Move Atlanta. I'm Cleve Gaddis, your host. If you want to communicate with us, it's easy. Just go to yourmoveatlanta.com, Y-O-U-R-M-O-V-E, atlanta.com. Contact us, post a question, interact with us. We'd love to interact with you. If you have a specific question, <clears throat> just click on Submit a Question when you get to Your Move Atlanta. If you love listening to the show and you want to get the podcast of the show, just go to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher or SoundCloud and download the podcast. The best way to look for it is just to look for Cleve Gaddis, C-L-E-V-E-G-A-D-D-I-S. That's me. I'm your host. In addition to being a full-time real estate agent and broker with a team full of agents, helping buyers, sellers, investors, and landlords make the best decisions whenever possible when buying, selling, or investing in real estate all throughout Metro Atlanta. I'm also the host of this radio show every Saturday right here at 10 a.m. If you are wondering what's going on or what is going to happen in real estate for the rest of 2020, you are not alone. Most of the people I speak with on a daily basis are very concerned with what's going to happen in real estate. I talked to a lady last week, and she said that she listens to other radio show hosts who are saying, get out of dollars, the real estate market is going to crash, invest in gold, and she says it has her very worried, and I understand that fear. I know what it's like to not have any idea with what's going to happen, any idea about what's going to happen in the real estate industry. Also with people's jobs, you know, we've had over 30 million people who have lost their jobs over the last 10 weeks. I am so glad that a lot of those people are starting to go back to work. I, I cannot wait to see what happens to the employment numbers. In other words, how many more people will be working a month from now uh, than today. But I want to start by giving you some interesting statistics for what I believe might happen. So for all of you who are out there listening who are worried about what's going to happen in the market, I want to give you some stuff that will help you understand what I think is going to happen and maybe you will feel the same way I do. This is information from Realtor.com. They have an economist that works specifically to understand what is going on in the real estate industry in the United States so he can help people like you and people like me understand what's going to happen so that we don't have to be scared of what's going to happen so we can actually understand in advance what's going to happen, which is a really cool concept. He believes that the real estate market total closings in the U.S. will decline by 15%. Last year, we were at about 5.6 million. 15% of 5.6 million is, what is that, 500,000 plus another 750. So we'll be somewhere probably a little under 5 million closings for the year. But listen to this. They believe that inventory is going to decline a little greater. So they believe sales are going to decline 15.15%. They believe inventory is going to decline 15.3%. So if sales fall, but they fall at a slower rate than inventory declines, then the good news is 
that that should create a scenario where prices will re at least remain stable. So if you're listening and you're concerned about the value of your home, the economist for Realtor.com says that pricing should remain stable because sales will fall, but inventory, homes available for sale is what he's referring to as inventory, homes available for sale, that number will fall just slightly greater than the amount that sales will fall. Now, he's also predicting that we will see prices for affordable and starter homes continue to rise because he is saying that there is not enough inventory. So what would we consider a starter or affordable home in Metro Atlanta? Easy for me to say. That is probably anything under 300000 uh, under 250000 in some areas, 300000 350000 in other areas. The average sales price in Metro Atlanta is around the 300000 mark. So if you're underneath that number, he believes that prices will continue to rise. Uh, he also says that we shouldn't expect housing prices to fall overall since the cost of new construction is going up and there are a lack of trade skilled trades and there are increases in minimum wage. He believes that the cost of building homes will continue to go up. Uh, and when the cost of new homes goes up, he believes that supports the price of the resales. And he did mention something which I think is interesting, is that the divorce rate in the U.S. stays high enough. Knock on wood, I hope I never get a divorce. I hope you never get a divorce. But the divorce rate stays high enough that that is exacerbating things as well because mom has one home, dad has another home. So it increases the demand for inventory, which levels things out from a pricing standpoint. In other words, if you keep the demand higher and the supply lower, you'll get prices moving in the right direction. So if you're out there and you're worried about what's going to happen to the value of your home, now if your home is a million-dollar home, I can't tell you whether or not you need to worry, but if your home is a three or $400,000 home in Metro Atlanta, <clears throat> I will tell you that the odds are you do not need to worry so you can move on with life and be comfortable with the value of your home. And if you're thinking about selling your home, and you thought you could not, it could be that you have a good chance to sell. We got a question from Lindsay in Brookhaven a couple of weeks ago that says she is thinking of applying, uh, thinking of applying for forbearance. Forbearance is when you ask your lender to allow you to miss a couple of payments and they either stick them on the end or they let you pay them back over time or they let you make one, some lump, one lump sum payment. She wanted to know how it would affect her credit what she needed to know. She wanted to know because she was buying another home. I told a story about a client of ours who was in forbearance and had to wait a year, 12 months, in order to be able to buy a home. Now, if you're out there and you're listening, there are 4.1 million borrowers in the U.S. who are in forbearance already. That is 9% of all mortgages, which means 91% of all mortgages are not in forbearance. The rate of increase in people applying for forbearance is starting to decrease. But listen to this. They believe that 70% of borrowers who are in forbearance do not need to be in forbearance at all. The mortgage industry says, by the way, they're going to need a $40 billion bailout. I hate to hear that. And hopefully, as taxpayers, we don't wind up getting on the hook. But let's think about something real quickly. If you're out there and you are in forbearance and you are like Lindsay who is wondering, I'm in forbearance, what do I need to do in order to make sure that it doesn't affect my credit? Well, the CARES Act says they cannot show your payments as being late if you are in a CARES Act forbearance program. So that's really, really good. It did not protect Lindsay, however, 
from being able to uh, from being turned down to buy a new home. So what would happen is she would need to get out of the forbearance. She would need to be out of it for 12 full months, and then she could apply for a new loan. Well, the government came to the rescue two days ago. The U.S. government announced that anything that is owned or insured by the U.S. government would require three months' worth of payments out of forbearance. So Lindsay goes into forbearance in the month of April. She's in forbearance April, May, and June, so that's three months. Then she needs to come out of forbearance, make her payment July, August, and September, which means by October she would be in a position to buy another home. So the government has set it up where if you suffer something from the pandemic, if you suffer the consequences of the pandemic, and you need a forbearance, you will not be penalized any longer than the 90 days that it takes you to get your payments back on track after your forbearance is over. And I think that is fantastic news because there are 4.1 million borrowers out there who have applied for forbearance. Some of them think they're going to be able to refinance their home or buy a new home while they're in forbearance or shortly thereafter. And the reality is it was going to be you'd wait 12 months. Now you can only make ni wait 90 days. Now you only have to wait 90 days. So if you were worried about that, you do not need to worry about that. After 90 days, you will be able to move on and buy the house of your dreams and not be held back. If you need to sell your home, but you are worried about the coronavirus crisis and thinking it'll force you to sell for less or that it might take you so long you'll miss your deadlines, I invite you to think again. We can show you how to get the most out of the market and make your timing work out perfectly, and we can do this even during a pandemic. Plus, we're Move Safe certified, so we'll ensure the entire process is safe for you and everyone. Just visit yourmoveatlanta.com, Y-O-U-R-M-O-V-E, atlanta.com. Click on Download the Free Guide to Unlock Your Home's Full Value and Make Timing a Non-Issue. We're going to take a quick break. But we'll be back.